Hey there, Feel Good Factor fans. This is Chris McPeak from the Elevate Your 8 podcast, where I help career professionals and entrepreneurs create time freedom. If you want to banish busy and create more time for the things you love, come Elevate Your 8 with me, Chris McPeak. Right now, you're listening to the Feel Good Factor with your host, Susmitha Viganasaurus. That was my friend Chris from the Elevate Your 8 podcast. So Chris is full of enthusiasm, energy, and she is a pro with productivity and planning. You have to totally check out her show, Elevate Your 8. And now back to today's regularly scheduled programming where I've got a really special guest for all of you to meet. Hey everyone, I have Raw Chef Yin here on the show today. So Chef Yin and I met at uh, the Bali Vegan Festival a few years ago and uh, it is kind of nice to see each other through all the different events and all the activities that were happening during the festival and um, back then I just knew her as another participant and I didn't know that she was a very very well known Raw Chef from Malaysia and uh, that's because she's very friendly down to earth and you know when you talk to her it feels nice you can connect with the person without actually being um, overwhelmed sometimes you just get you know intimidated by people who are very well known but uh, in uh, Chef Yin's case she's like really sweet and we get to know each other and it's been nice and after that I followed her on her YouTube and uh, Instagram and we've just been connecting once in a while Chefin has a, a very interesting uh, story and uh, you know I wanted her to share with all of you how she chose the path of creativity and joy for herself and moved away from what she was doing before and she's in a country where I think raw food forget raw food even vegan food wasn't really that well known or heard of back when she began and yet she has been a big contributor to changing the mindset of people there in her country so it was very inspiring to me and I thought yeah you know you all can get inspired too so here we go hello hi Ian nice to have you here hi hi Susmita how's uh, everything going with you Good, good. It's been a really interesting year <laughs> and a lot of good, good things have come out of it. So I'm actually very grateful. Yeah. I'm glad to know. So what kind of good things because of the, you know, because of uh, staying at home and stuff. So what, what has happened? Like what, ha- what good things have come out for you? I think, um, so actually, when I started this year, I actually did list out my plans and goals for 2020. And one mm-hmm. of the things I wanted to do was um, start making online courses because, in fact, during the time when we met in Bali, I think um, there were a few people who were already asking me, am I going to, can I do some online courses for them? Because they wanted mm-hmm. to learn from me and mm-hmm. um, they didn't just want to get my ebooks. They actually wanted videos. And at that time I was, because I was so busy traveling, you know, and I was doing a lot of live events. So I wasn't too keen on making courses that then, but then this year I thought, you know what, it's time to start doing that. Um, but what I had envisioned was, you know, to hire a whole team, you know, to put everything <laughs> together, you know, to film everything beautifully and things like that. 
Um, but then the lockdown happened, the pandemic happened. And, um, but what I've learned to do is to do a lot of DIY recording myself. Mm-hmm. And that has turned out um, pretty interesting and pretty well. So people all over the world have been learning how to make, you know, things like raw vegan cheese, um, tempeh, raw vegan Japanese food, raw vegan Korean food from me, all from my online courses. So I, um, I'm actually very, I actually feel very blessed that um, I'm now able to reach out to an international crowd and um, be mm-hmm. able to share what, share my raw food experiences and my, you know, my techniques and my recipes and my knowledge with people all over the world rather than just, you know, in a workshop setting where, you know, at the most it can be like 20 people only. Yeah, I, I, you know, I know exactly what you mean because, again, we used to do a lot of workshops ourselves, like, you know, physical workshops uh, in, in, in Bangalore at our restaurant as well as traveling mm-hmm. and doing these workshops. But we considered online courses. We're like, oh, we should do it sometime. We do have a YouTube channel like you and we're like, but not as big, but, you know, it's there. And we're like, oh, let's let's do an online course sometime. And we just never got around to it. But because of the pandemic, it was like a kick in our butts. We're like, now we have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's beautiful because, it, you know, sometimes this is what happens, right? You get pushed in a corner sometimes and that actually expands your whole worldview. You turn in a different direction entirely and um, you know reaching international audience that's good that is the way of the future the world has to be smaller <laughs> through through the online world I've seen your you know your, your live videos you did a lot of live videos on Instagram too throughout the you know Insta Facebook I think you did them all parallelly yes, um, that's throughout, right. <laughs> throughout the pandemic and it, it was nice to watch you work and I like what you said about you know Sometimes we complicate things and we're like, yeah, it, it will be beautiful to have a whole team and do professional videos. But you are doing so much already without actually having to depend on any outside people, like all on your own. And that's very possible, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got into the whole uh, raw food, raw chef uh, game. How did you even get onto this? You know what? It's quite funny because I never ever set out to be a raw food chef, and I I never in my dreams would I have you know have thought that I would actually become a chef. So, mm-hmm. um, like all Asian families, you know, they want you to be a, a doctor or a lawyer or, <laughs> uh, or an engineer. And so, um, I actually studied law, so I ha- I do have a law degree. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, I did not practice law. I ended up in public relations instead, you know, because I think when you study law, you get, you, you have that, those language skills, your analytical skills and things like that. So um, I was in public relations for 15 years and then um, I got kind of tired and stressed of the corporate world. So I left that in 2012 and then I just... Um, started trying to find my passion <laughs> and it took me some time um, I was I was you know dabbling in different kind of things I was still doing PR training I was in arts management I was doing some writing here and there and things like that and then in 2014 I bought this ice cream maker and I was just looking for healthy ice cream recipes when I found this uh this raw vegan lasagna recipe online and Ooh. yeah, by um, this Rossum Vegan Life, Emily. 
so I made that and then I was so surprised because I was like wow this tastes so great you know and I felt so energized. I, that was the thing that really struck me. I just felt absolutely energized by mm-hmm. by the dish. And um, I did. I started doing more research, and I realized like, oh, it's because it's raw food, and you know, it, it wasn't heated up at all. And then I f- I found Matthew Kenny, mm-hmm. and I was just blown away by his absolutely beautiful raw vegan creations. And I enrolled in my first co- Matthew Kenny course in twenty fifteen. And then 2016, I, I, um, I took two more courses. And then after that, I started teaching because, you know, already in late, late already in 2015, there were, I had a lot of requests from people to um, mm-hmm. ask me to teach. I, I was just documenting my journey on Instagram. And that was more for like a personal documentation, just, just to see my journey and all that. I wasn't intending to do anything with it, you know. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just got a lot of requests to teach. So I started teaching and I really enjoyed it. And then, um, and then it just grew from there. I think I, every year I, um, I equip myself with more knowledge. I seek out teachers. I take master classes and all that. So just to make sure that, you know, I am on top of what the latest um, innovations are in raw vegan, mm-hmm. the raw vegan cuisine. Yeah, so Bali Vegan Festival also was one of the things that I, I attended because I wanted to know what the, um, yeah, because raw vegan food in Bali, especially in Ubud, it's um, huge. Yes, <laughs> right? It's in fact, more me. than vegan food, you find raw vegan food there, right? <laughs> like everywhere you look, it's like raw, raw, raw. I'm like, whoa, what? You know? <laughs> uh, so, you know, when you, when you, in 2012, when you quit your job and all those things, ha- were you already vegan by that time? Not yet, but um, so... In the, I think like 19, I'm trying to remember, nine, in the early 1990s, like 93, 1993, 94, I started cutting down on meat. Mm-hmm. So I was more or less pescatarian. I wasn't a strict pescatarian. So, you know, because, you know, like when you go out for family, social events, so I would just eat whatever that, mm-hmm. you know, your, your, everybody else at the family table is thing because it's it's um we eat family style right so you just put yeah. the dishes and you all share so um but i did cut down on a lot of meat so i cut uh, i i i stopped eating pork i stopped eating chicken um i didn't really eat beef so i i did have fish because um you know everybody tells you you need your protein and i at that time there wasn't really the internet yet in Malaysia. I think the internet only started coming to Malaysia in 1995, 96, so before that. Yeah, late 90s. Yeah. True, true. Even here in India, it came in late 90s and even when the internet was there till I think uh, way late in 2000s is when veganism was even available on the internet in a bigger way. Mm. It not not in the 90s when the yeah. internet came out for sure. Yeah. So I was I so I did cut down a lot of meat. So I I never really missed meat that much yeah I never really mm. liked meat that much anyway to begin with so I, I really enjoyed my vegetables even as a kid so yeah okay it was perfect for me yeah so I only started transitioning to um, becoming vegan in 2015 yeah yeah it was a transition so uh, 
from kind of festival. So it was after you found the raw vegan lasagna and started yes. doing that's when you started going vegan also more more seriously. I guess that's because you really saw the true benefits of it, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> until you experienced it, you wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah. That, and you know, I really like what I like about your there are you know there are plenty of raw vegan chefs and everybody has their own style. Like you said, you know, you you named a couple of other chefs too who have their own style. What I really like about yours is that you aren't, I mean, yes, you, you do make all, all these international uh, food and desserts, but you also focus a lot on your own cuisine, things that you've grown up with, you know, Asian food mm-hmm. from Malaysia, as well as other surrounding countries, you know, things like that. And that's really nice because I believe that raw food can be, because it's out there as western cuisine most of the time so yeah. it can actually be made into other you know in fact i'm i'm sure your asian raw foods taste more delicious because the flavors are more right the spices <laughs> and flavors and things like that so what inspired you to start doing that start creating asian malaysian particularly uh, raw vegan food well i've always been a foodie you know and i've mm-hmm. always enjoyed food and i love my Asian heritage and my Asian cuisine. So when I learned how to make this raw raw vegan food, yeah, it was mainly Western food. It's always like, you know, your your um marinara like zudo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, your your yeah. raw cheesecakes and your raw brownies and your kale mm. chips and all that. So I wanted to I I wanted to taste food that I am familiar with, that I really love. And I thought, I looked at it and I thought, you know what, I could always use the raw food techniques that I've learned to make Western food and apply that to um, Asian cuisine instead. And I noticed that were very few um, raw food teachers out there who were doing that, you know, so... Um, yes. Yeah, I started doing It's more. very rare to see that. You're absolutely right, you know. And um, when we were in Bali, we visited the, you know, the very well-known chef there with the raw restaurant. I can't remember the name of the restaurant now. Oh, God. It's it's just gone out of my head. The um, the one who did the demo. Moksa? Uh, yes, yes, Moksa. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So the food was fantastic. And I was so impressed because he had like raw uttapams and stuff. You know, he had yeah. Indian raw yeah. Too, like so creative and uh, that really impressed me because yes I've, I've eaten you know though I'm vegan I do also appreciate raw vegan food uh, quite a bit if it's done well and if it's flavorful and beautifully presented and everything and like you said it feels nice on your tummy and you feel fresh and you know so nice energized after eating that kind of a meal but I had never eaten something with this kind of a twist and I was so impressed so that's why when you you know keep talking about your Asian raw food I'm always like oh wow you know recently uh, you had posted a photograph of um, because you you did a live YouTube uh, video yesterday right and you had posted a photo of a coconut based uh, curry kind of a dish yes that's right (laughs) yeah it looks so good (laughs) (laughs) yeah So you got into this because you were just exploring and you you got creative and you're like, okay, let me start doing this. So how was the transition? Like you you said, um, you know, people here expect you to be a lawyer, doctor, engineer, etc. Right. That is the standard thing. So Mm -hmm. when you switch to this kind of um, lifestyle, when you became a chef and you started going on that uh, path and in that direction, what was the reaction of the people around you? 
Actually, it wasn't easy, but I think it was just because I believed in it so much and I was so passionate about it. I think nothing could stop me. <laughs> it's so funny because now I look back, I, I realized, I think in my first year, there were so many obstacles. I mean, like people kept turning me down. I had so many rejections, but I was, I just truly believed in raw vegan food. So I just like, oh, okay. You know, it, you know, when one person says no, I just go to the next person and the next person. I mean, when I, I did my very first class, there was only like, um, I had three people who signed up, but only two people actually turned up for the class because um, I think one person's, yeah, something happened and she couldn't turn up and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But that didn't get me down. And actually now I'm looking at it like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it is wow because, you know, out of the blue, it's your very first class and yet you had two people turn up. That is a big deal, right? Like, a, 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 And that too for a cuisine that was unheard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even until now, raw vegan food is still very new in Malaysia. And um, yeah, I, I have other raw vegan chefs from the... The other parts of the world, they go like, wow, you're really brave, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's what you, like I was saying in the intro, you personally are making a big impact on the raw vegan scene in your country because people are becoming aware of it. And, uh, you you know, you may not even realize it sometimes, right? Like you just go there, do what you love and you know, your passion and your love for this whole cooking and the recipes, everything comes out in the videos and that automatically inspires people because if people are watching you and seeing that positivity from you about this, it's always going to be inspiring. They're like, oh, I want to feel this way too. (laughs) Somewhere on the inside, this is what they're thinking. And that's, you know, I really admire that. And I'm sure you're going, you know, even there's there's a lot of future in this raw vegan cuisine. And which brings me to you even recently published a bilingual book, right? Yeah, that's really exciting. (laughs) Um, so this, I was approached by the publisher earlier this year and they said they were looking for a, a raw expert on, um, desserts and they asked me whether I was keen on doing this or not. And I said, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, they proposed, you know, certain things that they thought would be, would work for the book. And they also asked me to suggest, um, yeah, suggest recipes and, and then we took it from there and then, um, I, I developed some recipes. So it's 50 recipes, 50 raw vegan dessert recipes. (laughs) Wow. And um, yeah, so it's a combination of some of the recipes that are some of my favorites. And I also wanted to develop some new ones as well that people haven't, you know, people might not have tried before and all that. So I I did that. And then we had a full-on photography session. And then, um, yeah, and then it was published. Um, I don't actually read and write Chinese <laughs> so they actually have a team of um, really good editors to do the translation for me so now okay. yeah because I do have there, there is a huge um, vegetarian Chinese speaking community in Malaysia and mm-hmm. some of them have said they, they're actually a bit shy to attend my class because they don't really speak good English and you know they were a bit worried with interacting with the other students as well so I think yeah they're really happy to to see this book is out so everything you know it's in Chinese as well as English so they can actually yeah it's easily accessible for them and they can read it easily and they can actually make the make the 
desserts in this book. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and what kind of uh, you know what kind of desserts are there? Of course, yeah, yeah. the cheesecake and the ice cream. Yes, but what else have you done which you developed newly just for the book? So we we've broken it. Uh, we've divided it into different uh, parts. So there's like the decadent dessert. So there are things like um, you know your um, tiramisu and your churros and your chocolate tarts and things like that and then we have energy boosters you know so i have mm. like i just did a demo on um, buckwheat energy bars um there's a biscotti as well and then there were some small bites so you know some fruit chips some chocolate chip cookies there's a sesame brittle and then there's also a portion that they suggested on quick beverages so um yeah, I have some smoothies, some juice. I also have a freak shake. <laughs> and then I also have a matcha cappuccino. And then there's some, um, they call it chilled treats, which are, yeah, like the frozen desserts. So there's the ice cream, there's the sorbets, there's the, the ice cream bars. There's, oh, there's a semifreddo as well. There's a granita, gelatos, froyos. And then there's a dessert, uh, Christmas section as well, because, you know, um, Christmas is coming up. So this would make very good, Christmas gifts for friends actually so yeah I know because one of my students she told me like oh they got three books I said did you get three book three of my books or like you know you went to the bookstore and got like three different books they said no we got three of your books you know one for me and two for my friends as present oh lovely oh that's so sweet yeah 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 you know after after you you were talking about um, it it really brings to mind the importance of even promoting other languages too and you know promoting your work in other languages because you are doing something very specialized and something that's good for the world. It's not just random recipes because they're tasty. It's also something that's going to benefit the people who are going to try them and make them and, you know, choose them, choose these healthy desserts instead of the regular desserts out there. And it's so beautiful that, you know, it's being promoted in a different language too, so that people who don't speak English very well or who are not comfortable enough in the language can read it in their own language. So has this inspired you to also do some, you know, videos and online courses in other languages in, you know, you said you don't read and write Chinese. Do you speak Chinese? I, I speak a bit of Cantonese, but, you know, I grew up in a very English-speaking family. <laughs> so honestly, I, I would consider English as my um, first language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> Um, I have done one demo in uh, Malay, which is our national language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, I was actually there was something I was half thinking and half exploring, wondering whether I wanted to do some, you know, Malay, yeah, Malay um, speaking in Malay um, and doing the demos, but I don't actually know the terms. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, it's funny so I, I I'm a big believer of this too and um, for our YouTube videos we do uh, most of our videos are in English but I also do a lot in Kannada which is my language in our state of Karnataka in the southern part of India where I live that's our language and uh, I do a bunch of videos in that and Though it is my mother tongue, uh, I do like, you know, like you, we, we speak a lot of English as well as Canada. So I, you know, I, I have equal love for both the languages. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being brought up in a city, what happens is you don't speak a very pure <laughs> traditional mm -hmm. language. It gets mixed up with English. So what I do is um, 
I speak in English. Uh, I mean, I speak in Kannada, but whatever words I don't know in Kannada, I just say it in English. Yeah. And I feel like you know what uh, people will understand that much. Is but at least there is a video out there in this language, you know. So it's okay to mix things up, use some terms in English, but still speak in <laughs> you know in Malay or whatever it is that <laughs> you choose to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that works because that works in Malaysia as well. I mean, you know, you could be speaking in Malay, and then if you can't figure out what the the term is, the Malay term is, and then you say you say in English, most people will understand it. Because I did ask around, I did say like, you know, what is the Malay word for vegan? And I think there's, I no for raw vegan, right? <laughs> I, I think the Malay raw friend. will be easy. It's the vegan word that will not, right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like you, you know that you speak in Malay and then you say vegan or vegan when you yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about the word. <laughs> yeah, there's something well, to consider. Yes. Definitely, because uh, I'm I'm sure a lot of see the the reaction I've got is I've had some friends who've said that you know for the longest time I wanted my family uh, to go vegan and they didn't even bother considering it, but they watched your videos in Canada and now they're going vegan because you spoke in their language mm-hmm. and I'm like wow there is a lot of power in that and I believe with your book too now it's going to help a lot of uh, you know the people who speak Chinese who may not be vegan who may not be raw vegan actually. consider going that because you know there's that warmth when you hear things in your own language or read things in your own language yeah yeah that's right <laughs> i like what you said about um, i asked you why you know how difficult it was when you mm-hmm. changed and you had all these obstacles and i love what you said about you believed in it so much that nothing could stop you so how did that you know can you can you explain how you felt you know in that moment when you're thinking like oh i'm i'm going in this direction um people need to recognize the signs when you know that this is the path you need to take and there's this inner feeling is there a description you have for that um <laughs> i'm not sure i i think because when i'm actually doing it i'm not really thinking it's just that when i look back i realize Um, it's interesting because now I'm already coming to towards the end of my fifth year. I I do remember the first year, I was mm-hmm. just like super passionate, right? So I, I yeah, I I remember going to this restaurant and going like, I will conduct workshops here. You know, I can do this. I can do that. Let me design um develop recipes for you and things like that. <laughs> uh, and now I look back, I'm like, wow, that was just my first year there. I am t- uh, you know knocking on doors and saying that. I think. I do remember the second year I was kind of like you know is this the right thing for me should I really be doing this um mm-hmm. uh, or should I just you know go back and do something else that I'm go back into public relationship uh public relations because that's what I'm good at you know and then um but I just persevered I just kept on because like I said I really believed in it and then I think on and in the third year things started picking up you know that's when I started mm-hmm. getting the invitations to speak at vegan festivals that's when um companies started um hiring me to conduct demos and that's when uh more and more people started coming to my workshops and also I think that's that was most probably when I started yeah then that's when I released my book as well so when things started picking up it, there was so many um I saw so many positive outcomes so that was very very encouraging so I just carried on and then the fourth year it was like you know it's just like a no brainer you know you're like uh mm-hmm. how how can I not do this you see <laughs> right and I I just really love it I say I I think I'm so blessed to be given the opportunity to do something that 
when I wake up every day, I'm like, okay, what am I going to make? Okay, what am I going to record? What am I going to develop? You know, and it's yeah. So, so yes, year two was a bit tough, but I think mm-hmm. I rode through the waves <laughs> and got through it. And then after that, you know, yeah, things just started happening, and I was like, wow, this is super cool. <laughs> I I think there's a nice lesson for people, you know, when they listen to your story and this whole journey. There's a lesson to say, like, yes, you know, go with that gut of, oh my god, I love doing this. And then even in the middle, if there are ups and downs and things may go wrong, you still stick to it because you feel like, okay, I believe in this. And so following what you believe in, you know, that I guess is is the key here. And then things will turn out. Uh, for the good and you know you you keep talking about PR and I believe that your PR background is it's it's similar to how you said you study law and your law background is what helped you go and grow on this path of PR which was entirely different but because of what you learned there it helped you here and I feel like what you have learned in PR is actually helping you now as a chef right to build these relationships to do these videos and do everything that you're doing I'm sure a lot of principles are you know coming into play and you know it goes to show that nothing is wasted (laughs) you learn and you can apply it to other parts of life right yes yes because I I remember when um yeah during my first year as a chef, I remember thinking like, wow, you know, there, there were all these other experiences that I I learned in the corporate world which I could apply to what I'm doing. Because, I mean, just in terms of discipline, in terms of having a structure, in terms of communication, yeah, in terms of marketing, things like that. So um, that helped. And I also just continued to um, educate myself. I mean, I... Um, apart from just learning how to make raw vegan food, I also took up a course on um, raw teacher training. So that was good to teach mm. me actually how to set up my uh, teacher training business and also just how to market and things like that. And then um, like recently, because like now I'm doing more of online um you know, I'm teaching courses online and all that. So I've also taken a course on online marketing and how to set up online business and all that. So um, it's a continuous learning journey. I mean, it's lifelong learning, right? You know, you don't just graduate from school and get your degree and then you stop learning. You you learn every single yeah. day, you know, so... Yeah. So true, so true. Yeah, um, a lot of people learn and then they rest on their laurels and they're like, oh, you know, this. I mean, I, I there's nothing wrong with it, but there's definitely a lot of value in, you know, pursuing more and learning more and educating yourself more. Definitely, and that's very inspiring. You know that that you went through in that way. You're continuing to learn, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I wanted to. You were talking about the marketing and the relationship building and stuff. You send a newsletter. You send a mail like every day to your mailing <laughs> list that is something very different you know it's something new I've not seen people do that and I find myself opening them most of the time so which means that you know obviously you're creating interesting content if nothing at least I'll open and skim through it you know a lot of the time and I'm sure a lot of your readers do that too so what inspired you to do that because it's not easy to sit and write a newsletter every single day and uh, I like your balance of making it personal with your stories as well as, you know, with with value and interesting stuff. Sometimes recipes, sometimes talking about your uh, courses and marketing it. It's a beautiful balance. <laughs> so what, what makes you do that? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because when I first started um, this e-newsletter, I, 
it was with a lot of reluctance and I actually didn't, I, I didn't, I did at that time when I first started it, I did not enjoy writing it. I just know that all the, you know, all the business teachers will say like, oh, you need, you know, you need to start your emails, you need yeah. to email this, da, da, da. So I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do this. And then um, at that time, I would only send it out like once a month or something or, or even less. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had so many events, but because in Malaysia, a lot of, in Malaysia, people don't really eat, I, I, it, it felt like people don't really read emails, it's just, um, they work more through WhatsApp, so I was mm. informing, keeping people updated about all my courses and events and all that through WhatsApp, actually, but what, um, there were two things that inspired me, so um, number one, if, if anybody has been following me, you would have heard of a Mr. Jazz guitarist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's actually my boyfriend. He's a um, music educator. So he started doing daily emails because he's been, you know, he's also been following some of the um, business and marketing gurus and things like that. And then so he started doing eight daily emails, and he would tell me about what he writes in his emails. And he goes like, oh, yeah, I wrote about this story in my email and today I'm going to write about this and then I'm going to tell them about my course. And then I'm just like, how do you write these daily things, right? And he started this last year, you see. So I think, yeah. He, and then by this year, I think when he started, he told me like, oh, he's already written 100 over. And I was like, do you know what? I should really try doing this thing as well. So mm -hmm. I started that. And then, um, and then there was this course that came up. Yeah, like I said, you know, one of these um, marketing courses, email marketing courses. And they, they, so I took that course as well, which helped me um, figure out how to, like, like you said, you know, how to create content which has a balance and also makes it very personal. And so I, I, I started writing. And because you write every day, I think you just get better at it or at least if you, you're writing consciously to get better at it. So that's what I do. And I always um, try and think of the, re to have the reader in mind. And, hmm. um, and I, I, now I really enjoy doing it. I, what I do is, oh, I, yeah. I, I can see that. You know, when you, <laughs> it, it shows when you read it, it shows that you enjoy doing this. And it's rare to see someone uh, get excited as excited about sending an email as we do about posting on social media. <laughs> Like, I mean, I know what you meant when you said initially, like people say you have to develop a mailing list. I took the longest time to build my mailing list either. I'm like, ah, what am I going to do? And, you know, but, but then yes, once you get into it, yes. And I do enjoy sending a weekly email, but you know, daily is like, wow, to me. And that was such good ones every day. <laughs> Yeah, what, what I do is because, um, so I have my morning routine and it's part of my morning ritual actually. So I wake up and mm -hmm. then I meditate and then um, after my meditation, then I, I, I get, um, then I start writing my email actually, you know, so um, yeah, I start writing my email and then after I do my email, then I do my movement um, uh, movement exercise, I do my qigong and all that. So, and then after mm -hmm. that, I go on to the rest of my day. So, um, okay. yeah, and because I think it's also very encouraging because, like, people have been writing back to me, including you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. People have written to me, like, really nice emails. And, um, yeah, I have people going like, oh, I love reading your e-newsletters. It's so refreshing, you know, and it's so... And people <laughs> say it's so real, it's so authentic, you know. Because sometimes yeah. I do tell people, like, oh, it, you know, you, you can always unsubscribe if you don't like it because it, it's not necessary for 
it's not necessarily for everybody, you know, because yeah, yeah, some people mm. like it, some people don't. Um, so I always tell people you can always unsubscribe any anytime you want. And then I have people writing back to me and go like, never. So that's also very very encouraging. So. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. all comes from the balance, you know. So, so if you have to give a suggestion to other business, uh, you know, other small business owners, other teachers, other people, uh, content creators, you know, like even me and our listeners, what kind of advice? Because it goes to show that marketing is not only social media or only this or only that. It's about doing what you love. And if the me- sending the emails brings you joy, great. That That is your best marketing strategy. So uh, what advice would you give them to, if they feel like, oh, you know, writing a mail is boring. So, or, or you know, nobody may read it or how to, how, what advice would you give them on how to build a mail um, in such a way that there is a balance and also, where they feel joy doing it how what advice would you give them i think what i did was just try and find my own style and um, you you have to be yourself you have to be your authentic mm. true self you know that's where the the whole sincerity comes true you see and um and and i think that's when your readers will resonate with you so yeah, I'm not quite sure whether it. I'm not quite sure whether that was useful or not. Oh no, yeah. that is very yeah. very useful. Yeah. Authenticity is, uh, you know, it's the best advice actually. It's it's often given to people about authenticity, but then that applies to also any any marketing, right? Social media and everything. But what about like specifically to an email list? Like, how do you balance it? Like, how do you decide? Um, you know, okay, I'm I'm going to put this much of marketing content and you know, this is when I'm going to share the recipe. Is that something you pre-plan? How, how do you go about that? I, I try to think of, um, okay, so I, I do different, different things. You know, I, I sometimes talk about, so sometimes I share recipes, sometimes I share videos, sometimes mm-hmm. I just share the process of what I'm doing. Sometimes I just share um, anecdotes of what has happening and things like that. Um, I don't really have a schedule right now because like I said, I think most of the time I wake up and I go like, oh, actually, sometimes I go to bed and I go like, hmm, what should I write about tomorrow? <laughs> or, and then I have an idea. Or sometimes I wake up and I go like, oh, okay, what, what, what should I talk about today? Or sometimes hmm. there are questions that come in. So then I answer all those questions. So that's, yeah, that's quite useful when people ask me questions and I go like, oh, great. Now I can talk about this, you know, and now I can talk about that. Um, I did have, at one point, I did try to kind of, um, I, I do have a calendar. So I did schedule, say like, okay, this day, maybe I'll talk about this and this and this topic and different. So maybe one day I'll talk about cheese, another day I'll talk about tempeh, another day I'll talk about, you know, um, what is sushi, you know, uh, and hmm. things like that. But I try and just find like really interesting things because I think as... Um, I've always been uh, what my mother called, what's it mother? Yeah, an inquisitive person, an inquisitive child. So I've always been very curious anyway. So mm-hmm. so I try mm-hmm. and find out like little anecdotes or fun facts about things. And then I was like, oh, this is really cool. I should share it, you know, with my email readers about it as well. And 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 yeah, and then I get people writing back going like, wow, I learn new things every day, you know, when I read your yes. newsletter. <laughs> and I say like, oh, okay. And then I know that this is um, this is useful. And I think, that's really good because you're getting feedback from your audience telling you what they want and what they enjoy. So then, then you can 
serve them better you see yeah cool it's it's nice to know that okay yes you you're doing like a mix and match sometimes you're scheduling things but sometimes you're like hey you know i'm going to go with the flow this is what i feel like writing mm. today and um again not following any fixed rules and doing what feels right in that moment that's again a beautiful way to do it right that's that's actually great advice and i'm sure if people start doing that more people will write mail you know will be more happy to send mails out <laughs> than like oh no i have to do this letter now you know yeah because so, yeah if because if you start with that energy then it transfers through your email to the person yes. right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so true in in you should feel happy whatever you do you skip it if you don't want to you know if you're not feeling good about it but when you do feel good only then do it you know that's mm-hmm. that's so true <laughs> so would you like to share anything else with the audience any other advice anything else at all you know about your journey as a chef as as a raw vegan chef and anything at all um <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's so funny i wanted to 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 say something like super cliche like you know go with the glo- flow and for your follow your passion and for your your bliss and i was like wow that sounds really cliche <laughs> well sometimes cliches have value there's a reason it's a cliche right <laughs> i think no that yeah i think what what i do want to say also when i i do tell my students a lot about this i think um apart from you know yeah all that go with the flow and follow your passion i think <laughs> you should always continue to educate yourself and um mm-hmm. invest in yourself i think that's the word yeah invest in yourself because i realized that um and that's one thing that i learned from my teacher karen nola like in the early days when i took her her raw teacher training course she said that every year she you know she actually has a budget that she sets aside so that she can invest in self so she can take courses to learn better and all that and that's something that that I have really taken into doing every single year so I like this year um I'm doing the uh, food future institute course you know so that that's a vegan course by Matthew Kenny as well <laughs> mm-hmm. um but um it's not fully raw it's uh it's a combination of raw and cooked as well but i've learned a lot from it just in terms okay. of um you know just yeah just in terms of as a chef i think that's that's really helping me to elevate my my dishes even better and um i've i've learned new techniques i've been so inspired i yeah and i've gotten to connect with so many great teachers and also like connect with so many other plant based yeah just plant based chefs around the world through the course as well so i think that's mm. um that's something that i i i found that very useful and so every year i do take courses i take master classes you know last year when i was in the uk i took um a live in person master class with amy levine you know so when i travel when when i used to be able to travel i will also <laughs> try and seek out teachers as well that um i can learn from so just continuously um educating and learning and investing in yourself i think that that really helps that's great advice and uh, you know as particularly you use the word investing and that is true uh, it's not about just educating but also 
um it's good to spend money for quality education mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. good to keep some aside and spend money and do it and not just go like yes of course the internet is full of free information it's you know i'm sharing free information and so are you mm-hmm. but then if somebody is spending money so if the free information provides this much value then what is the course going to have it's going to have so much more yeah. and you know doing that investing in learning studying paying money to do that that is a that's a very big deal and there is a clear impact there is a clear difference in when you do it that way versus just going and looking up free information online yes. um so yeah thanks so much for that advice and i hope it inspires a lot of people in the audience to pursue it and uh, think about it uh yen if people want to connect with you, you know, where can they get, you know reach out to you where can they follow you where can they subscribe to your newsletter <laughs> that we've talked about <laughs> okay so yeah my website is rawchefyin.com and there is a newsletter tab on on the website so they can subscribe to my e-newsletter there and then i am on um I'm a lot on Facebook and Instagram so again you know on Facebook I'm rawchefyin on Instagram I'm Roshef Yin and then now I'm trying to um I've started uploading uh YouTube videos regularly as well so maybe like 3 to 4 videos in a week and on YouTube so I'm also at youtube.com/roshefyin so those are the main ways that people can find me great i'm going to drop all those links in the show notes so everybody who's listening you can uh, connect with yin and uh, check out all the beautiful delicious creations that she's making and you don't have to be vegan or raw to admire and enjoy that food you know that's the key here <laughs> it's just good delicious food for everyone and anyone so thank you so much uh, for being here chefin it was good to host you and uh, you know talk to you in person and listen to your uh, story yeah thank you so much for having me on the show this this has been really fun and it's like really nice to hear your voice and be able to connect again <laughs> because it's been some time since we last saw each other yeah <laughs> all right bye all right then veganism is catching up and fastly growing all across the globe especially here in india the growth has been exponential in the past just you know 5 6 7 years if you know what vegan is and you also know the reasons why it's great to be vegan but you don't know how to do it then i have the perfect course for you my brand new course vegan immersion experience in this course i teach you how to be vegan but just not how also i teach you how to be a joyful vegan <laughs> that's what's important how to love every bit of it just the way that i do so if you are interested to know more about how to be vegan to try it out if you've ever been curious about it then this course is just for you check out the link in the show notes or visit my website veganosaurus.com which is www.veganosaurus.com and you'll find a link to the vegan immersion experience course looking forward to having you on board thank you so much for listening to this episode of the feel good factor I'm Susmita Veganosaurus and I'm looking forward to talking to you again very soon. 
बाय